forget, Crash Landing on a Book is now available in lulu.com for a beautiful paperback as well as in Amazon. And for ebook, it's available in all your major bookstores. Hello everyone, this is Noe Pete and welcome back to our podcast of Crash Landing on You, the anniversary special. We're on our second episode of our 16-part series and today we're going to talk about our two main characters, Captain Wee or Wee Jong-yuk and Yoon Siri. Specifically, we're going to talk about the psychological dispositions of Wee Jong-yuk and Yoon Siri and how those led to them falling in love with each other and crash landing on you. But before we do that, let's talk about the oozing chemistry of Hyunbin and Sonia Jin and why did we fall in love with them and crash landing on you. So let's start with kneeling down while these two professional actors wrapped us all around their fingers with a super hot, exploding, believable, scalding chemistry that they have on screen. Just like many things, it is not driven mainly by one thing, but a couple of things that when mixed together, produce magic. So both these actors have been in the industry for almost two decades now, and they are really professionals. The way they've handled their respective careers, almost scandal-free, and the type of roles that they've accepted really built their status as one of the big wigs in the Korean drama industry. Being scandal-free, these two actors actually do it differently, but achieve the same level of pristine public image. Hyunbin, for example, always admits whenever he has a real-life girlfriend, while Sonia Jin never admitted any relationship. And I don't think she never ever had any, right? I mean, look at that face and that personality. Different strategies, but achieve the same clean, respectable image. Whilst many celebrities have admitted having relationships left and right, one after another, I really still think that it sets them apart to maintain a clean public image. Whilst they are also just human beings, they are really strong role models. And people think that with the advent of so-called new influencers such as you know vloggers and all, that it is not a matter of keeping a good clean track record of their lives to be a successful celebrity. But I really think otherwise. I think societies everywhere still place a high regard for celebrities that maintain a good image. Whether celebrities like it or not, they influence many people. If they do certain things, they help in normalizing that idea or trend and that's the truth. So I still really place a very high regard for a scandal-free image of celebrities. These two actors are not just keeping the level of information about their lives in public eyes, but they are actually just authentically having a high respect for their profession that they do not want to taint it, you know, by what's happening in their personal lives. And that's really hard and, and challenging at the same time, especially nowadays when everyone can just snap a photo and make it public. And that, my friend, truly deserves, you know, avid following and respect from the viewing public. 
So that's first aspect that drives their chemistry. Both are really professionals and really refined actors. Secondly, Crash Landing on You is their second project together and based on several interviews during their first movie, The Negotiation, they've actually quite uh, plundered a lot you know, with the director over drinks and, and food. So they become really comfortable with each other and that camaraderie translated to their working together in a more relaxed and open atmosphere in Crash Landing on You. Sonia Jin was able to convince Hyunbin to do some um, funny app videos that she posted in social media during the rounds of promoting the negotiation. She really was able to turn Hyunbin into a warm, a bit more warm and open person as he has been known to be quite professional, no-nonsense attitude, and no social media account. They really developed a closeness that builds trust with each other over time. And during the boss tours for their movie, The Negotiation, it really showed that they enjoyed each other's company as to how they were so considerate with each other, how they take care of each other, and being sweet with one another. I know it's part and partial of you know promoting their movie, but you can't fake all of that, right? And actual shootings are grueling, especially during winter. And it is great that they build that openness and you know comfort with each other, as that would sustain and obviously sustained their energies during the shoot. That familiarity with each other also led to great syncing during the actual acting. And these two are such veteran actors. They knew where each of them are going to be, and they totally meet them there. Crash Landing on You has many comedy scenes that the timing and delivery are crucial to make those scenes successful. The congenial pantering that they have, very natural, as seen in a lot of behind-the-scenes videos, really translated into a very light vibe um, on the screen. So both are really professionals and refined actors and also have good and warm relationship off screen. And last but not least, their visuals. The way they look are just so good, right? They're just so handsome and so pretty. And because they are of the same age and both single, their sweet faces are so good side by side. Their temperaments seem in sync as well. So it won't take long to think that they actually look great together as real-life couple. So if we look at many K-drama series, there are many that have good chemistry on the show, but not in real life. The difference with Hyunbin and Sonia Jin's chemistry is that it can happen in real life and not just for Ri Jong-hyuk and Yoon Seri. So if you have more insights on why the couple has the first class chemistry, share it with us on Facebook and Instagram, you know, with the handle NoWeekPeat. It would be great to hear other people's thoughts on this as well.
Now, let's move on to the respective characters in the series. What is really good on the story and their characters? Crash Landing on You is actually a story of healing. It relates to each one of us that are not perfect and have our own troubles on our own. Both their characters are actually healed in the story. Wee Jung-hyuk has trauma and depression, and Yoon Suri has depression and anxiety that was also coupled with societal tendencies. So this story, while masked to, as a love story, it actually deals with mental health issues you know, that's gaining traction nowadays, especially this year during the pandemic, where a lot of mental health issues are pressed even more with the forced change of our environment. So let's start with the character of Ri Jong-hyuk, or Captain Ri. So Captain Ri is an aloof and cold character. He has a strong wall built around him that no one, not anyone, can just enter. This obviously comes from his trauma and grief from his brother's death. So this is his narrative. Even if he was a million miles away from North Korea when that incident happened, he actually was blaming himself for his brother's death because he thought that his brother gave way for him to be a pianist since it's kind of understood that being sons of a high-ranking military officer, one of them should follow suit, you know, follow, follow their father's career track. So the death of his brother, who was very fond of him, and he was very close to, like obviously he loved him so much, he even spent one of his winnings, right, in the from a competition to buy him an expensive watch. So the death of his brother was so painful in so many levels that his only way to survive that was to promise himself to never ever love anyone that much. His thinking, and he was still young that time, right? Given he was just, I think, a student, his thinking was if he won't love anyone as much as he loved his brother, then he won't be hurt again. In a way as well, he blamed himself for being far away when the, in, when the accident happened, that he should have been there for his brother. So the way he lived his life by that point was to shut down all the things that will make him happy and make him love a person or a thing. He was even turned cold to his parents, as mentioned by his mom to Yunsiri. So when he shut down every source of joy, fun, and love from his life, he almost not gave himself any permission to enjoy life. He doesn't even plan for a future as he didn't want to be disappointed. We can see as well on the first scene that Ri Jong-hyuk talked to the villain, Jo Chol Gang, that he couldn't care less about displeasing this higher up as long as he gets uh, things sorted out properly. It's almost like he has nothing to live for. So he would do what he thinks is right regardless if he gets into the senior's nerves. So basically, his damage extends to being a guy who doesn't want to care about anything or anyone and doesn't want to be disappointed in the future. So he would barely let out a smile nor enjoy anything because that would lead to loving something that will inevitably lead to disappointment and heartache. 
we can see that there's definitely trauma there and bouts of depression. Depression is clearly present, like him losing interest in things once pleasurable, feelings of guilt, and persistent sadness. The death of a loved one, his brother, is obviously a traumatic event for him. This was his state when he met Yon Siri. We also learned from his mom's own words that he used to be a sweet boy. We could see that when he was such a young kid, he was full of dreams as seen from his drawings. So that was actually his core personality. He was a sweet and loving person. And we saw a glimpse of that caring and thoughtful Wee Jong Yuk, the way he treated his older brother. So when Yun Siri crash landed on his life, his mindset was, hey, this is temporary occurrence, so there is no threat to the way I've decided to live, which is, you know, no attachment whatsoever. And because of that, he let himself, little by little, uh, do things that an old Ri jong would do, which is to take care and provide proper things for someone who needed help, in this case, Yun Siri. He started by allowing himself to cook noodles for her as she was asking for food when he saved her. He didn't even launch a barbecue as she needed to eat meat, even if it sounded that this was already a luxury in that place. As we've seen, Pyo Chi Su, who is one of the soldiers, was opposing it vehemently. It still, you know, it fell deaf to his ears. While at the same time, he was also in a way trying to protect the boundaries, as he told Yun Siri not to talk to them and quote-unquote propagate Southern ideas. Though he was learning and getting annoyed at the demands of Yun Siri, he constantly gave in those, such as when she asked for trivial things like potty wash, shampoo and conditioner, and scented candle, he bought them all and more, like clothes for her or like she was angry of not being able to get into the boat and I'm sure not really meaning to but she said, if you really pity me, let me drink a coffee from Gangnam, you know, next week. To which Yun Siri actually referred to do some things, you know, as I want to go home um, and that's the only way I could drink coffee in Gangnam. Well, for Hui Jong-hyuk, actually, he bought coffee beans and ha- hand-dripped a coffee for her. He actually really allowed Yun Siri to get whatever she wanted, like for him to pretend that he cares and is sweet toward her in front of the neighbors, or even agreeing to a preposterous six-month post-breakup cool-off before he publicly starts dating someone after Yun Siri leaves. But then the temporary status of Yun Siri stretched out, right? As she failed to leave every time. And because he sees Siri as someone who is clumsy and always subjects himself into wrong decisions that led her to be always in danger, he unconsciously assigned himself to be her protector. So he transitioned from just caring and providing for what she asked to protecting her even if she didn't ask for that anymore. And I also noticed that Siri's constant disappointment of him because of the foiled plans of getting her out of North Korea pushes him to really act and think his best for Yun Siri. 
that already showed that she is influencing him now. Meanwhile, let's talk about Leon Siri. You wouldn't believe, but she's experiencing the same thing. She has trauma and depression, though hers include societal tendencies. In addition, it feels to me as she has high-functioning anxiety. Her trauma stems from being abandoned by her stepmom in a beach one night, and because she never had her biological mom in her life, she was trying to get that nurturing feeling from her stepmom, who was not in the right space of her mind to give it to her. She believes that she was never loved by her family and that could easily affect her self-worth and the lack of it would have led her to asking for uh, to undergo euthanasia, which is basically assisted suicide in her case. We saw that she lives with pills and a lot of medication so she can sleep. She doesn't have any friends and is high-functioning given her success in her business. She totally abandoned her family and moved out of the house and lived independently, which was good in a sense that she started practicing self-care and self-love and that if, you know, if the house and people within it are toxic for her, then she puts herself first by getting out of that toxic environment. However, her quest to be loved and valued by her father remains as we saw that she was competing against her two brothers to reign in their family business. It wasn't even about getting more power for her per se, but just the competition against her brothers and the value that her father places on it are the sure winnings for her. She's also turned into someone who cannot maintain a relationship again because of you know, no self-worth, so she breaks up with the guy she's dating whenever she feels that they're going to break up with her. So when we think about it, Crash Landing on You is actually a story of healing as these two main characters heal their respective damaged selves as they fall for each other. When it comes to falling in love, we know that Lee Jong-hyuk already liked or that she was his type of girl when they met several years back in Switzerland. And the epilogue in the first episode also showed us that he was able to let out a smile already just by watching a stranger, Yoon Siri, dangles her feet up in the tree. So he likes her first. Meanwhile, we don't need to guess as Yoon Siri also kind of did the same. In Switzerland, first encounter, she whispered that he could do better, referring to Seudan as his partner, and on their encounter again in the border, she mentioned to him that his face was really her type, so there was certainly a strong attraction from the very start. So it wasn't hard to fall for each other because for Seri, she found someone who takes care of her without really expecting anything in return because both of them are very much aware that they are not moving out of the country to be together even if they are in love with each other. Lee Jong-hyuk, on the other hand, I was thinking when exactly he fell for Yoon Siri because there was a lot of flirting that happened along and I think he finally let himself feel something 
you know, liking someone and someone liking you back for a while, but nothing at the grand, you know, love level yet. So I think he only allowed himself to admit that he has indeed fallen for her when they were sleeping in the same bed at the hospital and he was sort of touching her hair. He was just so impressed that she actually saved him, given that he knew how a little self-centered Seri is and that her ultimate goal, of course, is to go back to South Korea. And the fact that she stayed behind missed the chance to return um, just to save him by giving her own blood for his surgery was really, you know, it hits home for him. That's when he really admitted to himself and the next day or two, he was so sure of himself that he was breaking off his engagement to Sayudani. And this is still without hope or chance that he can be with Yunseria. This is just him realizing he really has feelings for her. But he breaks off his engagement right away is such a very decisive thing to do. All the troubles and danger the couple had to go through in North Korea really strengthened more their feelings for each other. But there was still no long-term thinking on, I will find a way to be with you forever. There was already love for sure, but there was also that surrender that they cannot be together given where each lives. In South Korea, that's when both already showed vulnerability to each other and loved each other. Lee Jong-hyuk's sorting out Yoon Suri's pantry and throwing the pills, replacing it with a piano, music he recorded, were his way of showing his care and protecting her for the days to come when he won't be around anymore. Yoon Suri learned to let him go because she's afraid he will get into so much trouble back in North Korea if he actually stays longer in South Korea. Lee Jong-hyuk's innocence and capacity to be vulnerable is so endearing. Like when he was showing all his scars to Yoon Suri so that Suri will not think of her scar as devastating. When they get to spend more time in South Korea, that's when Lee Jong-hyuk was able to decide that it is not enough that they love each other. He wanted them to be together. So Lee Jong-hyuk was finally able to decide that it is not enough that they love each other from afar. He needed them to be together. Although again, he doesn't know how that could happen. The time they spent together in Seoul felt that it is their lives if they can live together as a couple. So they had a taste of it and it was good. One trouble after another and those situations just strengthened the love that the couple have for each other because it bonded them more. So when they parted ways again, that's when there was a promise to find a way to be together forever in the future. Great thing, even before they parted again in the DMZ border, both of them are actually healed from their trauma and depression through the strength of their love for each other and were just full of hope on how they can be together again in the future. So just when we thought it was just a simple story of star-crossed lovers, Crash Landing on You actually spoke to each of us that undergoes depression and anxiety and traumas and the hope of healing that comes. 
and I just love films or series that give hope to its audience. I think it's the brilliant thing to do as a writer or as a director or as a creator to give hope all the time because it's always you know, leading to good one way or another. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed today's second episode for the 16-part series of Kwai's Anniversary Special Podcast. The next two upcoming podcasts will feature the power women of Kwai and the brilliant musical score and soundtrack. So don't forget to like and subscribe or send us any feedback. You can find us in Facebook or Instagram under the handle Noe Pete. And if you're enjoying our podcast, then you'll definitely enjoy the book about Crash Landing on You, a review and analysis of a masterpiece. You can find it in Amazon and in Kobo. There's a Japanese translation uh, version as well now available in Kobo as well. So thanks again and see you next time. Meanwhile, stay cloy happy. Hey, don't forget, Crash Landing on You book is now available in lulu.com for a beautiful paperback as well as in Amazon. And for ebook, it's available in all your major bookstores. Music